0: Before we get into today's episode, I just wanna take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to MakingAuthenticFriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Episode 77. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back. Um, As always, I just have to start by saying thank you so, so much to everybody for just all the love and support you give the show. I love hearing from you guys. This past week, I've heard from several of you asking about. The live event that I had mentioned on my one-year anniversary episode. That one of my goals for 2020 was to put together some kind of live event. I'm honestly still working out the details, but I appreciate so much that you guys are interested. Because I'll be honest, this really scares me <laughs> to do something like this. And there's definitely that that part of you that's like a a middle school kid that's like, is anyone going to come to my party? <laughs> so hearing from you guys that that's something that you're interested in, that you would like to come. I've heard from several of you who are out of state and mentioned that you would like to come. So it's in the works. If you have any ideas, if you're good at planning, hit me up because I am really bad at this kind of stuff. I've tossed around some ideas. I'm definitely thinking about it. So stay tuned. I will also give plenty of advanced warning on, on when that date will be. Uh, I'm thinking it will probably be like this summer. So just keep that in mind. Um, but thank you so much to all of you. And thank you again so much for all the reviews, especially those on Apple podcast. Those really do help other people to find the show. And I just appreciate it so much every time I I read your kind words. So thank you. If you are enjoying the show and you have not left a review, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to do that. And I'm super excited for today's episode. My guest is Leah Behrens, who some of you may be familiar with. She is an autism mama with two beautiful kids on the spectrum. She actually has three kids in total, Um, but she has her, her oldest and her middle, are on the spectrum, and we just had a really amazing conversation, a really honest open conversation about family life and motherhood and just family dynamics when autism is in the mix. You know, she kind of shared her experience, especially when it came to like growing her family. She has uh, another little one who you know, they decided to have another baby after these two autism diagnoses. And so she talks about kind of the decisions that went into that. I sort of talked about growing our family and how that kind of came as a surprise to us. Um, But of course, like the best surprise Um, and just what it's like to have, you know, multiple kids and kind of juggling everything. (laughs) Um, It was just so, so great to chat with her. I've been following Leah for a while and I love everything she shares the final thing that was like, all right, I got to get her on the pod was she had put up a a blog post that was like a review of different types of eyelash treatments. <laughs> so she talked about eyelash extensions, just like strip lashes, um, a, a lift and tint, which if you're familiar with that, that's also wonderful. A whole review, which if you if you know me, I am also... Besides being a, a podcaster and a mother, I am a makeup artist and esthetician. So I was like, all right, this girl speaks my language. I got to get her on the pod. And she was just as amazing and kind and sweet as I thought she would be. So we just had such a great time chatting. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. One quick side note we did have a little bit of a connection issue. Everything comes through totally clear, but there's a little bit of delay. So there's a couple of times where, It sounds like I'm a mind reader because I'm just ready to answer Leah like immediately. Um, So I apologize for that. We're always, you know, dealing with some, some Wi-Fi technical difficulties over here, but everything comes through crystal clear. And just the message behind this show, I think is, is so, so important. So I know you guys will enjoy it. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Leah. Hi, Leah. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, Megan. I'm so happy
1: to be on your podcast. I love it. And you are just wonderful. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh.
0: Well, the feeling is mutual. I was just telling you before we got started, I have been following you for a while now. And what I said to you is I feel like you and I are just like cut from the same cloth. I feel like we're into similar things. We have a similar mindset. I think we've, we've had like differences on our journeys, but also some similarities that we can get into. Um, but I just love your, your, your take on everything. And you always have like such like a sunny disposition, which I think is amazing. So I'm really excited to just hear more of your story. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning of your autism journey, what did that look like for you and your family? So, Okay, so I have two children
1: on the spectrum. I have three children in total. At least two of them are on the spectrum. We don't know about the baby yet, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But my son was diagnosed first, so he's the middle child. He was diagnosed in 2016. He was 15 months old when he got his diagnosis. Um. So little. Yeah, he was very little, but he has regressive autism. So that's kind of how we figured it out so soon. He. He had been saying, like, mama and baba for bottle, Mm -hmm. but he just, like, totally lost all of his language one day, Um, and it really just seemed like it was overnight, and he lost his ability to use eating utensils and just, just some other stuff, like, stopped looking at us in the eye, and so that's when and i didn't realize the regression right away mm-hmm. um what kind of happened was after his first birthday he just stopped he stopped progressing in speech and so mm-hmm. i really thought that maybe he was deaf and because um hearing loss runs in my family so i thought mm-hmm. oh he's he's deaf i'll bring this up at his next appointment we'll get him hearing aids and we'll be all squared away Mm
0: -hmm. well
1: my mom came over one night kind of had a little almost an intervention with me I would say come
0: to Jesus yes Uh definitely
1: and was like you know Leah (laughs) I know you think he's deaf but he comes running when he hears Mickey Mouse on the TV
0: Mm -hmm. and I'm
1: like oh yeah yes he does do that I never noticed that before and so then things started clicking and I thought oh my goodness, it's autism. Like it just hit me that day. Um, and so what we actually did, and I always forget about this part of the journey for some reason, maybe I, it's just, you know, you're traumatized. You kind of block yeah. it out, but, mm-hmm. but we got his hearing checked. We had to do a, a what is it called? A, they 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 had to put him under they gave him anesthesia oh. and they looked at his brain waves they'd play sounds and they looked at his brain waves to make sure he was hearing the sounds because when he went in for his hearing test he wouldn't respond to his name mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i remember thinking like well if it's autism he's not going to respond to his name anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had to put him under and when that came back i knew it in my gut that it was autism and not his hearing So that's when we started to seek out a diagnosis for him. He got diagnosed. And then a few years later, um, when my daughter was five, my daughter was five when she got diagnosed and my kids are on completely different ends of the spectrum. As you know, Um, my son is nonverbal. He he's obviously autistic
0: Mm -hmm. as.
1: And then my daughter, you kind of have to spend a little bit of time with her to realize it. Um, But I started noticing for her um, when she started dance, I noticed that the kids her age, she would look at them and like you could tell she wanted to interact with them. And she just didn't know how to start a conversation. Mm -hmm. And then when the conversation started, she had no idea how to keep it going. And her vocabulary wasn't the same as other kids. And her anxiety was through the roof always has. And so then I, I um, got her educationally diagnosed. And so that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how it all, it all began. So then we
0: became a autism family of two knowingly. <laughs> wow. So, okay. You, you said a couple things that I want to touch on. Um, first, first, I like that you said that your son is obviously autistic because that's something yeah. that I say, I don't necessarily, I don't say obviously autistic, but I say that Logan's autism is obvious. And I say that yes. because when he was little, so we had a, a different kind of journey. He never regressed. He just kind of like stopped progressing when he was like around 18 Ooh. months. Um, And at that time, you know, when they're 18 months, you can still pass a lot of behaviors as like typical toddler behavior. So at the time, his his autism really didn't seem so obvious other than him being basically nonverbal at that time. He really didn't have a lot of like other symptoms of autism. Those didn't show up till he was like closer to age three. But it's funny because now when I look back, I, I look at like old photos and stuff and I think like, oh, that was like a simpler time, like before he... Had autism, so to speak, but the truth is, like, yeah. he always had autism. It just wasn't like showing itself in the same way. And now, I mean, like, like you said, like, like his autism is is obvious. Like, you know, he's coming from like a mile away. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, in good way. It's yes. like yes. fun. And he, like, we were at the yep. store the other day, and like, I mean, we were like several several feet out from the door but like everyone just walking in was like not staring in a mean way but I mean he's just like happy and loud all the time and they were just looking like that kid's loud and it's like you kind of know right away like (laughs) yeah you know we're we're working with some differences here and we're rocking them um but yeah so that is just interesting that you said that because I I feel like that's something that I say a lot but I don't use the actual term obviously autistic but I think I'm gonna start using it I like (laughs) <laughs> um and the other thing that's interesting too is that so your your son got the diagnosis first and he was much younger so how you said your daughter was five when she was diagnosed yes okay yeah that's so interesting
1: she was isn't it um what you know when she was young she started talking super mm-hmm. early um like like beyond what she was supposed to be vocabulary wise when she was little um I mean, it was amazing to me, um, how well she spoke so young and, um, and she taught herself like to read and she would just like, she had like a great memory. Um, and and now in hindsight, I can look back and be like so many of these things that I thought like, Oh, this kid's like brilliant. And she Mm -hmm. is. Um, but I think in large part because she's autistic. Yeah. <laughs> and looking back in hindsight I know that now. However, I did not realize that at the time. And there's so many things I can look back at in her toddler years and baby years and be like, "Oh, autism sign, autism oh, yeah. sign, autism sign, but it definitely wasn't relevant." Um, or it wasn't obvious to me at the time. Yeah.
0: So you said that she got like an educational diagnosis first. Did you have to seek that out still? Or was it the school that was like, we want to do this evaluation?
1: Yeah, I, I decided to seek it out before she started kindergarten. Cause for me, I wanted her to have an IEP. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted her to have like extra time on tests. I wanted the teachers to know in black and white everything that she needed because i think i think you know when you go into a new classroom you like you forget to tell people like all of the things that because for mia she can be a little bit i, I don't want to call her challenging but <laughs> aren't
0: all kids challenging
1: <laughs> yes yes i like she has some interesting behaviors like you know she she can have a meltdown pretty easily if she's overwhelmed. And so I wanted it listed out for teachers in the future, like what things overwhelm her so that they could tackle that before it gets out of hand and before it becomes a meltdown. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just wanted everyone to be on the same page.
0: um, And, and so that that's really why I wanted to seek it out. So yeah, far. absolutely. No, that that definitely makes sense. So I'm just curious for you then, especially because it seems like, this was a a lot going on for you guys. And I mean, two very different diagnoses, but how did you handle that? Just like emotionally?
1: I think so for Jay, when he was diagnosed, it, it rocked my Mm -hmm. world. (laughs) Um, I think the hardest part for me was just grieving over the life I thought Mm -hmm. I'd have. Um, And accepting the fact that my life wasn't going to be as I always envisioned it, I think, especially for women, I think, you know, we're, we're taught as little girls to like, you know, dream of when we get married and have babies and what that's going to be like for us. And then we get there and I don't think really anybody gets the kid they thought they were going to have, but, True. <laughs> but I think for, for us autism parents, we learned that much earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was really hard for me. Um, and I, so I had to really grieve over really the dreams I had for Jay, um, like college and, you know, and, and not that he can't do those things anymore, no, but I- it's going to it's yeah it's going to look different for him
0: i was just and... talking to my mom the other day about kind of planning for logan's future and saying how you know I, like i would like to keep him with me but there's a possibility that you know he not necessarily be like living independently, but I think there are Mm -hmm. now, and hopefully they will get better, like kind of group home sort of situations. And that's not necessarily something that I'm, I'm thinking about now, but I'm sure you are too. I'm in all these different, you know, like autism parenting groups on, on Facebook. And it's like, sometimes that really does become the best option for, for you and your family. And I, talking to my mom about it, who is super supportive and sweet. And I was just saying like, yeah, I think it's important that I kind of like look into everything now so that I'm not, you know, blindsided later. I don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And she was like, Oh Meg, but he, he maybe wouldn't even need that. And you don't know. And I'm like, I know that he maybe (laughs) wouldn't, but I don't want to go into it thinking that that, you know, that's the only option I want to, I want to be aware of everything. So when you say the college thing, Mm -hmm. I I totally get that. Cause it's, we, like when Logan was a baby, we started a college fund for him without having any idea that, you know, autism was going to be in his future. And now it's like, we're, you know, probably going to transfer that into like a special needs trust. Um, And yeah, you said when you're little and you know, you're playing house and you're the mom, you're not thinking about having a special needs child. You're just thinking you're going to have, you know, this typical child that everybody envisions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing that you mentioned, like planning for their future once you're Mm -hmm. gone, or you just can't, you can't care for them anymore. That's, that's something that's, I think, is, is so, so hard about being an autism parent and that never goes away. I think like, I, I think all the time, I think that's what keeps me up at night more than anything is worrying about what will happen to Jay when I'm gone. And I I think that's that's universal for autism parents. And I think that's important just to point out for anybody that's just like (laughs) really struggling with the anxiety of that. Like you are not alone in that thought because I think it almost every day. Um, And and it's funny you say that, too, because when Jay got his medical diagnosis, um, I, I went in like knowing that he was on the spectrum, like. I'm like, oh, this is going to be, like, fine, because I, I already know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, one of the first – so we saw a bunch of people, but one of the first people we saw, um, she talked about, like, financial planning and stuff like that. And she was saying – like, one of the first things she said was, you know, you're really going to want to put Jay on a waiting list for an, a group home for adults now so that he is on the waiting list and he can get in when he's when it's Mm -hmm. time and i i remember hearing that and i didn't hear a word she said afterwards Mm -hmm. because my my brain just like could not handle
0: those words
1: (laughs) like i I know i felt you know i felt the
0: same way and when logan was first diagnosed but he's been it's been almost three years now um but kind of like you i mean we definitely knew it was coming we we were on like an eight-month wait list so we were seeking out a diagnosis long before he actually got one. Um I right. remember that was like when I was first kind of hearing about the term group home and at the time I was like I I would never put my kid in a group home. Like I really thought that that was just something that I would never do. But then mm-hmm. I actually I was talking to a, a family friend who I mean they're kind of a friend of a friend situation I don't talk to them a lot. Um but she has like an older adult son on the spectrum who has been in a group home for a few years now. And he absolutely loves it. And basically the way she described it is that it's almost like a college dorm where it's like there's independence, but not, you know, somebody like hovering over you 24-7. Somebody is there all the time and they're monitoring everything, but they don't necessarily know they're always there monitoring everything. But it's it's I mean, it's a great way to have, you know, like different sort of routines that you can keep up with every day because i don't you and i were just talking yeah. about this over instagram but like breaks are so hard for for my son for logan and i know for your son too because it's like he just needs that routine and that structure and
1: yeah yes. so like the group
0: homes it's like they have like different programs they go on outings they have like you know meals together so it's it's definitely like something that I'm changing my perspective on a little bit and and I'm hoping that as time goes on, because as we know, I mean, autism is diagnosed so much more now than it was, you know, even like 10 years ago. I'm hoping that like society kind of steps up and realizes that and that there will be more available for our sons when they are, you know, at that point and hopefully there's there's better options available
1: i i'm so with you and i have heard great things about group homes i've also heard yeah, the horror totally. Stories, you hear like both has, you know? <laughs> yeah totally yeah and it's you know we're always gonna worry about our our kids especially i think the ones with autism but um yeah i, I i'm so with you i've i've heard like it just it creates a space where they can be independent and safe yeah. I, I think that's wonderful mm-hmm. i think that's that's great um so, yeah, it's definitely something that, like, we've, we we kind of have, like, been thinking about, too.
0: And it's it's hard to make a decision on that.
1: It's really yeah. hard. Yeah, well,
0: the good thing is for, for you and I, we have time <laughs> to make that. Yes. But I know there's people listening <laughs> yeah. where it's like, that's on the horizon. But then at the same time, like, my thing is just, like, it really just depends on what's appropriate. Because if, if we're, you know, if Logan's at home at that point and he's super happy and we're able to take care of him, then I'm not like, okay, we're just going to. Go that that route if that's not necessarily what's like appropriate at that time. I think it it really is just like so individual, you know. Spot on,
1: absolutely, yeah. Yeah. We've actually been like looking for houses to move, and like one of my main criteria was like I want a basement Mm -hmm. with like maybe like a little kitchen area and a bathroom, like something that can be converted into like a tiny apartment for for Jay if like. I'm like, I want that option, yeah. uh-huh. you know. I'm like, and like you're always, you're always thinking about ways you can make it easier for them in the future. Like, and I'm like, I, you know, if group home is, it's what's best for him, so be it. If being at home is what's best for him, so be it. Yeah. Like, you really have to be flexible as as an autism parent. We, you can't really plan. So <laughs> and, you know.
0: but then it's like you over plan at the same time. Yeah, we we really have very say on what actually happens. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Um, so then another thing that you and I had talked about beforehand was, so after, you know, you, you, you had your, your two kiddos and they were diagnosed, you then decided to expand your family and have another baby, which I, I find so amazing because like I was telling you, Logan had been diagnosed. He actually, when we had our second, he, he was not yet diagnosed. It was like right after she was born that we ended up seeking the diagnosis And then she was a year old when he was diagnosed. So we were kind of like, okay, we're, we're done. We're, we've got a lot in our so We really want to like focus on, you know, getting Logan, the right care and therapy and all that. And then it was just not very long after that (laughs) we little surprise (laughs) uh, named Layla, who was like the best surprise ever. But like I said, we were really oh, yeah. not planning on on growing our family. And that was so, so scary for me. And that's something that I hear from people a lot now asking me, like, wh- what was it like to expand your family after a diagnosis? And I'm always like, honestly, for for me, it was something that I was like thrown into because we were not it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really do think like God put her in our family for a million reasons. And I could not be more thankful because honestly, if it were up to me and my husband, like, we wouldn't have had another baby and like thank god we do cuz she truly has been mm. such a blessing to us and just completed our family but for you what was that like when you were like really deciding like i really do want to grow my family
1: well we love chaos <laughs> <laughs> that's good
0: autism comes with quite a bit
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly but I, we actually we went back and forth at first um and and it was like I wanted a third Jordan my husband Jordan didn't and then Jordan wanted a third and (laughs) I didn't and um and then I think really I think what boils down to it is like I said like the one of the hardest parts about being an autism parent is just grieving over (sighs) the life you envisioned. And I think like when it comes to expanding your family, if you want another one, like your life is already not Mm -hmm. typical. (laughs) You're, you're already, your, your life is already chaos. Mm -hmm. You, and it's like, I I think people get nervous, like, well, what if my next one has autism too? And it's like, well, you're already going to therapy. add another what's taking one more (laughs) yeah like invest in a minivan and like bring Mm -hmm. them all and i'm like and if not and if not it's a great peer model like not that you're not that i'm trying to like make my youngest into the uh you know a therapy toy or whatever but like but i mean i think siblings are the best gifts we can give our children um my kids have learned from each other and they've grown because of each other. Um, Mia used to not, for example, Mia used to not snuggle. She used to not want to be touched at all. Um, she had a really hard time with that. She wasn't, um, necessarily nurturing by nature. Um, but Jay played a huge role in changing that about her. Um, she loves her little brother Mm -hmm. so much (laughs) and takes care of him and is just the best little helper with the baby and with him that it's like okay they really use each other as pillars of support Mm -hmm. um as I really have never thought like wow like I mean well okay sometimes I think like someone's all someone always needs something You know, there's always somebody that's going to have to wait with three kids. (laughs) You cannot be with everyone, always giving them Mm -hmm. what they need, Mm -hmm. but they can also be there for each other. And I think learning to be the pillar of support for somebody is just as important as having a pillar of support,
0: if that makes sense. Yes. I love that you said that they can be there for each other because I, I mean, like, just like how you said before, too siblings really are the best gift I mean I I have a, a brother and a sister and th- I mean yeah I like I really would not be able to like make it through the day <laughs> without yeah uh, oh,
1: it, totally my brother's my best uh, friend yeah
0: yeah totally. And, it, and it's it, it is such a gift that that we that we can give our children to give them siblings um but just like you said because that's something that I personally struggle with all the time and thinking that like Especially my my daughters, because my son Logan takes up so much of you know just my my time and my energy and my patience. Like I have an extra reserve of patience for him that I don't have with my girls. <laughs> like I really don't. Yeah, I yep. just like save it yep. all for him. <laughs> and so then it's like I I am dealing with the mom guilt of like oh I wish that you know I could I wish I could be like you said like there for each of them in the exact way they need twenty four seven and that's just not realistic but yeah when when they have each other they're they're there for each other as well that's so beautiful
1: yeah and you know what like that's with every family yeah. I, you know every family you can't be in three places at once <laughs> you really can't I'm like just because we have the extra label like it it's it's gonna be hard no matter what (laughs) just just embrace the chaos would be my best advice that is actually
0: really good advice is embrace the chaos i i definitely am someone who like does does pretty good around chaos so it it works for me i think some people on this journey though it's like that's hard Yeah, <laughs> I feel like wait, yeah, I need definitely. everything like planned out, and I I feel like yeah, with with children in general, you kind of need to throw the plans out the window, but especially with autism, I feel like that is Absolutely. important. Um, something that I I have said before too, and I feel like it's so true. I don't know if it's come up before in the podcast, but like for me, I feel like Logan. I I only have one child in the spectrum, um, but Logan is like takes up so much of my time. Like I was saying, and I so much of my headspace my energy and it's like I feel like I'm so often like in in this like autism world with him and I am just so I'm so thankful for my girls because it's like they kind of like take me out of that and it's like I have sort of like both sides of things because it's interesting when I'm with like my friends who have typical kids I get really annoyed listening to the conversation sometimes like <laughs> no like you guys don't get it like the things that you're complaining about aren't really problems I mean it's all relative oh, so it's yes. like I don't I don't want to like shame somebody, but then at the same time, yeah. When I'm listening to conversations with, with people who only have kids on the spectrum, I mean, I I feel for them cause I feel like sometimes it is really hard to like see outside of what's going on. So that's, that's something that I, I have told people when they ask me like, you know, do you think I should have another baby? And I'm like, I can never tell somebody, <laughs> yes, you should have a baby yeah. or you shouldn't. But kind of like how you said, if, if you end up having their child on the spectrum then it's like, you, you've already done this, you're already on this path and you, you know what to do. You're not like starting from scratch again. And then if you don't, like you said, not only are they there to like help each other and lift you up, but it's also like, it just, it, it adds so much to your life. Cause it's like, you, you really get to experience things in a different way than if you only had a child on the spectrum.
1: Absolutely. Like you, you know what, you will never regret having yes. your child, but, but there is a possibility that you will regret not having a Absolutely. child, you know, I'm like that's that's always kind of like the little seed that I plant in people like you know, think about really, really self-reflect on what you think that you would feel like, you know ten years from yes. now. <laughs> like, like would you regret not having a child? I'm like, if the answer is yes, just do it. Totally. <laughs> Just do it. even if it's crazy, just do it.
0: <laughs> Isn't it always crazy? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, oh my it gosh, is.
0: that is so funny. Um, you you're also a, a Midwestern mama. You're in Nebraska. I'm curious. yeah Talk to people in different states. I don't think I've had a guest on from Nebraska at this point. What are the services like there?
1: Well, uh, you know what. It's... <laughs> it depends, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, it depends on your insurance, yeah. obviously, as far as edu- for education, it depends on the district. Um, Here's the thing about Nebraska. There are count, there's like seven counties in Nebraska that don't even have a primary care physician because the- it's in a rural area, er- a rural, can't say that word, <laughs> area. Um, And so like, they're not getting odd, autism support out there, of course, you know, so some of these people are driving an, an hour, both ways, just for therapy. I, um, and so that's a concern obviously, but I'm of course in a city and so it's much better, but I do feel for people who are in an area that don't have access to that. And so I always tell people like, look on YouTube, um, for like different therapies you can do at home like you can teach yourself to do different therapies at home um we used to have somebody from our school district come out excuse me and and work with Jay at home and teach us how to implement therapy at home and that was a huge huge godsend when we were on all the Mm -hmm. waiting lists trying to get him into therapies because you don't want that gap in services (laughs) right so like but you have to take it into your own hands sometimes and that can be kind of tricky I think for some people in like western Nebraska yeah
0: that's a really good tip to look on YouTube because I honestly hadn't thought of that for therapy but my goodness you can just find anything on YouTube (laughs) <laughs> you really can
1: you really can there's like stuff on food therapy oh, I wow. found good ones um like joint compressions I actually learned um Jay's um occupational therapist sent me a video from YouTube on how to do joint compressions and that's how we learned how to do joint compressions for him yeah, um and so yeah
0: yeah there are there are all sorts of things you can find on YouTube for autism that's amazing. yeah okay I'm gonna have to look into that too because I'm sure there's there's some good tips there um yeah I feel like even so I'm I'm in Illinois um and we're close to Chicago we're like an hour ish outside the city and I feel like any like kind of I shouldn't say any but at least for us I know like if you're if you're close to the city or like in a more kind of like metropolitan area I feel like you're you have good access to services but Mm -hmm. I I had a, a guest on who um She now she's in Kentucky, but she was in in central Illinois when her son was first diagnosed and she was kind of saying how, how awful it was there. So I I do think it not only depends state to state, but just even the the part of the state that you're in.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I I could not agree more. And even like here, it's like even the school districts in, in Omaha, I mean, like, because we're in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So even different school districts here have different services. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah I mean like I've that's another reason why we're we're talking about moving is like <laughs> like we need to get to another school district this doesn't have what our kids need um, and I mean how horrible to have to move just to have the right to an equal education yeah. you know but like gotta do what you gotta do and it's it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, we actually did. I wish it move. wasn't like that. We moved
0: before Logan started in the district. Basically. Yeah, really?
1: For, yeah, that, for reason? that reason?
0: I mean, the district that we were in, honestly, it it wasn't, it wasn't bad. One of his therapists actually has, uh, she, her, her son has, um, CP. So a different, a different kind of diagnosis, but you know, special needs. And she was telling me like, no, I think you should stay. I think it's good. But something in my gut was just like, no, we need to get to this better district because I felt like, not that, not that it would have been terrible where we were, um, but I just, like I said, I, ha- I had this feeling that we needed to, to move, and we were, we were planning on waiting until he was closer to kindergarten age. We were gonna do preschool like in that other district, but we ended up just with like the market and everything moving before. Actually, it was like right. He did a half a year in preschool at the other district, um, and then we moved, and I'm, I'm so. Because we're in now is part of a co-op and that is where Logan goes to school now. So even though like we moved to this district, his school is actually like thirty minutes away from us. He gets bus there. But the the program that he's in, like I I don't think it could be better than yeah. That's we got amazing. really That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really thankful that we did move, especially having this podcast and talking to people all over. I real I I knew we were lucky before, but now I realize like how lucky we are because like I said, the the program and especially just his teachers and the team there, it's, it's all worked out really well for, for him and for us as a family.
1: It just breaks my heart when I hear stories about people who don't have access to therapy because really like the quality of your child's prognosis is hugely hugely yeah depend like it, it, you need early mm. intervention I know <laughs> you have to have it and I'm like oh my gosh some so many of these kids aren't getting it and the wait list you know being so long it's like those gaps and services are that like not getting services until you know they reach the top of the wait list, I, it breaks my heart. It breaks it's, my heart.
0: Our, Cause I know what, yeah. Here? and I know what therapy has done for my yes, son. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what kind of therapy does he do now?
1: He does applied behavior analysis for half the day, five days a week. And he also does speech therapy. um, And he goes to um, a, a, a preschool, um, that has, that's like a special needs preschool, um, where he also gets speech services and occupational therapy. Um, he used to be in food therapy.
0: We've, we've done it all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we also like work with him at home, of course. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, yeah, we, we do all that too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Now what about, your daughter do you do you have her in services because I mean she obviously is so different on the spectrum
1: yeah she she gets services through school so she'll go to like resource Mm -hmm. and speech in school um and then I just try to do she doesn't get any uh, any like therapy medically but like I also Make sure that she gets like lots of playdates. Mm-hmm. I think so that's ch- important for her. Yes, and like, and I'll work with her myself. And since I've learned so much from from Jay's therapist, I it's really easy for me to work with Mia here because she's just she's less likely to like. Let me start over. So <laughs> <laughs> <She's... laughs> I like I like I don't know where I was going with that. Um, that's a- yeah she I I work with her at home because she's it's easy for me to work with her at home and I'll kind of like I used to before she knew how to like start up conversations I would make like chocolate chip cookies and I'd be like you can have a cookie every time you answer a question Mm -hmm. so I'd ask her like how was your day today and she'd say you know good and i'd be like okay but you have to tell me what was good about your day so she'd tell me and i'd be like okay here's a chocolate chip cookie and you know that was fun for her and it was fun for me too and it really really helped her so i think like she just needs like she needs the tools to be able to start conversations and keep conversations going and i know how to give Mm -hmm. that to her so i didn't feel the need to reach out and get her other other services That
0: besides first of all I love that it's like you're using ABA principles like positive reinforcement when it's like you're working on a program of like that kind of give and take in a conversation it's like oh here's your reward um so yeah I love that you can like apply that to your life and also I just have to applaud you because I am like the worst at being my kid's therapist I really like I try to work with Logan (laughs) and I'll do like the same kind of things that his therapists do and Every now and then I'll get like a little bit from him, but he, he just like laughs in my face. Like, he's just like, mom, yeah. this is not for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know what? And sometimes you just want to be a mom yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And it's really hard for me, honestly, like to get out of therapy mm-hmm. mode. Um, like every, it used to be like every interaction I had with my children, I made into mm-hmm. therapy. Like I, I couldn't not think about it as therapy and I'm really trying to kind of step out of that and just allow myself to be their mom. Um, and just, I mean, gosh, with Jay, it's really hard not to make it therapy. Yeah. But <laughs> well,
0: I think, but especially like, from like, because yeah. we we also do ABA six days a week. And I, I have learned so much from Logan's therapist. And especially like lately, the things that we've been working on are more kind of like functional, like not, not just like table work, but. You know, working with him on just like identifying certain things and following directions. And we've always worked on that, but we're yeah. kind of trying to like incorporate it more like around the house. And what ABA has really taught me more than anything is that, like everything is therapy in a certain you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think any moment yes. could be, a teachable moment. Like it really doesn't have to be so regimented. Um, I mean, obviously ABA does follow like certain guidelines and I'm not following all those, but I feel like that was something that I really had to learn about ABA. Cause before we started ABA, this is a whole other tangent, but it, it definitely was like scary to me. It seemed really intense. The hours were crazy. And I was just like, I don't know how this is going to work for us. And I just pictured this like drill sergeant coming into our home and like, just like drilling Logan. And I was like, I'm going to hate this. But then I realized I'm like, oh, this is really just like changing, like helping him kind of with the tools and giving him like the fundamentals to really just learn how to do basic things. And that was when it started to kind of shift my mindset. And like I said, I sort of realized that like in some ways, you know, everything is therapy because ABA looks at everything as a behavior.
1: Yeah, you're you're so right. And I never even really thought about that but Mm -hmm. like that is so so true because like everything we're working on with jay is basically like day-to-day tasks that he has Mm -hmm. to do you know because he just he doesn't learn that naturally like neurotypical kids and so we have to teach him how to wash his hands and we have to teach him how to um put on his clothes you know i'm like yeah i'm like these are things that like we have to implement therapy into but like even though like it's just a day-to-day task but like we have to make it therapy to make yeah. it work <laughs> and so yeah you're you're so right everything can be therapy like making chocolate yeah. chip cookies oh gosh, yeah, that actually is like amazing <laughs> therapy
0: to, to do baking or like cooking and stuff i try to get logan to do that kind of stuff with us he just wants to like lick everything oh and God. touch everything so it becomes a little more yeah well even that even that yeah, is therapy the, you, you know, know like
1: getting some sensory the play in there yeah but even
0: going back to what we were saying <laughs> about the siblings too because i remember when logan was first diagnosed that was what the doctor actually said to us is she's like his sister is going to be his best little therapist and not because she's like running programs with him but because he he does learn so much from her and now he has two little sisters and it's like they're just constantly like they the two of them are Total motor mouths are always talking, and it's like he's he's listening to that all the time. Whereas like when he was little, you know, he's my my oldest, my first, so it was like I I was talking to him, but there's a lot more language happening now just in our house with his his sisters that wasn't there before, and he's he's hearing all that and picking up on, on all that. He not only is sees me modeling things for him. Because I'm like trying to model those things for him. But, you know, his sisters are just like naturally doing those things. So it really is like it, it definitely autism just I feel like it shifts your perspective on so many things. Um, but, it, yeah, especially when you when you look at things like that, like as in terms of like everything being being a behavior and everything being like a teachable moment. Because there, there are like so many things that we're doing with our kids that maybe don't seem like a big deal. But it's like they're they're noticing all of it. They're picking up on all of it.
1: You're so right. You're so right. My kids are the same way with each other. Like Mia will legit lock Jay in his bedroom so that she can play with him. Like, cause he'd much rather be by right? himself <laughs> and she will not allow it. And I'm like, okay, so he's, he's being forced to interact with other yep. people and play in a, in a functional way and not just stim, um, which is stimming is fine, but like, he also has to learn to interact with yes. other people and Mia kind of forces that on him and then Jay you know helps Mia too because she's not comfortable around many people and so with Jay you know always being here and he is nonverbal so like she does i don't think she feels judged and she can kind of relax around him they're just so great for mm-hmm. each other
0: i think that's amazing they're like yin and yang Aww. yes exactly they're they are meant to be I siblings. I love that so much. That is so sweet. Well, Leah, I really could talk to you all day, um, but we've yeah. got to wrap <laughs> wrap things up. Right. So tell tell everyone where they can find you because you are, like I said before, you just are like it's positivity all the way. And I, I love following you and your journey and your family is so beautiful. Um. So yeah, where can people connect with you? So
1: I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Leah Barons L-E-A-H-B-E-H-R-E-N-S. And I also have a blog, thebaronsden.com.
0: Um, You can find me either of those two places. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and just for sharing your story and all your honesty. I, I just, I think you're awesome. So just keep on rocking it, girl.
1: Oh, you are awesome too. Thank you so much. This was uh, a blast. All right, take care. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism, all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Leah. She is just a doll. She was so much fun to talk to. And like I said in the beginning, it was so nice to have a conversation with somebody who just really gets it and I mean, I I just relate to her in, in so many ways, so getting to chat with her was such a treat. Definitely check her out on Instagram. She is so much fun to follow. Her family is adorable. She is amazing. She always has, like, amazing, brightly colored hair. Her hair, it's, like, pink. Sometimes it's yellow. Sometimes it's, like, bright orange. Every color looks amazing on her, but she's just – she's so much fun, and she shares such, like, heartfelt and just awesome posts that I know – I always relate to, and I'm sure all you guys will too. So definitely check her out. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures and Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures and Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures and Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, I love, love to hear from you guys. I love feedback. I love questions, comments, whatever may have you. Um, And again, if you have been listening to the show and you have not left a review yet, I would be so grateful if you would head to Apple Podcast, iTunes, and, you know, click that five star, (laughs) leave a few kind words if you are so inclined. Um, But thank you so much. That really, really does help people to find the show. So another awesome episode coming at you guys next week. Can't wait for that. And until next time, take care.